hey, it's your birthday. Yeah. I mean, you know, in podcast land. Yeah. If you're <laughs> if you're listening to this on Sunday, February 7th, 2021 or any year after. Yeah, it's my yes. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're recording the afternoon before your birthday. But that's pretty mm. damn close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a title picked out for this one before we even knew what we oh, were talking about. <laughs> what's Okay, what's your title? It's my birthday and I can think if I want to. <laughs> I remember you saying that now. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens in this conversation and whether it uh, it suits the podcast or maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it's your birthday and you can think if you want to. And so it doesn't matter what we talk about. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. What are we drinking for my birthday? Well, you know, this is, I think this is one of your faves. It is one of my faves. And I think it might actually be the third time we've had this one on the podcast. It might. But it's, it's a pretty yum one. And I think. Because um, it's know. my own special recipe. It is. Yeah. For an espresso martini. Yeah, we went to, yeah, espresso martini. And we went to Costco today <laughs> looking for, you know, those little, uh, those yeah, little we've had ones. those before. Yeah, yeah the, the little one drink. Yeah, the cocktails in a y- bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, couldn't find them and went to the grocery store afterwards. Weren't seeing anything. I'm like, it's a lot more fun when we make something ourselves anyway. It totally so, is. Yeah. Yeah. So we picked something that's, that's a fave for. Yeah, well, and we kind of found them at at Fred Meyer, too, but they were like cocktails in a can. And I was like, I have such a hard time drinking out of a can. I don't know. (laughs) Even if you pour it into something else, it's like, like if if you're going to drink hard liquor, it should come from glass. Glass, Right. (laughs) I think that's really important. Not even plastic. It should come from glass. I just don't even understand how (laughs) wine can go in a can, like it seems right. to go against, like there's certain um, yeah. types of drinks yeah. that just seem like counterproductive to the whole process yeah. of making it a good drink. Or in a bag. Some wine comes in a bag, well, yeah. in a box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know. Does I just, that make I can, us snooty? Are we oh, snooty? T- totally snooty. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. We're snobs. Yeah. I mean... We don't get to go out anywhere. We don't. <laughs> we don't have a huge life right now. So yeah, we can be snooty about wine in a yeah. can. Yeah, there you go. Or a box or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the. W- <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably. I'm probably crossing some kind of line here, but <laughs> that's that never happens in this podcast. Right. That that's like what kind of keeps me in the realm of going. Yeah. I'm definitely not an alcoholic <laughs> because I'm yeah. snooty about my drinks and, yeah. and I won't just drink anything. <laughs> right? right. Doesn't that, does that work? Right. right. Did I cross the line? Is there somebody that I don't want to offend anybody out there? Um, you know, anyway, I just, I'm, I'm okay with being snooty about it. Yeah. Well, we're snooty about coffee too. So we are, we're snooty. <laughs> we're snooty about things. That we can't really afford to be snooty about. No, <laughs> so I know. I know. Really. We've had to come up with workarounds to it. Yeah. So anyway, so this is, this combines two of our snooty things. 
that uh, you know, I, I roasted the beans for this espresso in this martini. And then uh, then we found that real cool bottle of vodka that we talked about on the last yeah. episode. And so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, okay, so we've spent all this time talking about it. We haven't yeah, taken a drink I know, yet. I keep staring at it. I mean, they are pretty, but hey. Cheers to you on your birthday, yeah. baby. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. We won't talk about which one this is. Mm. No, but we will be celebrating our 26th anniversary this month also. So that gives you some idea. It does give you some idea. I got married at two. Yeah. Um. So I am still getting used to martini glasses, evidently, because I just spilled it in my lap. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, I mean, you know, we're... Or are we just going to sit here and drink martinis? Yeah, we're going to sit I here mean, and drink... we could do that, too. Mar- well, at least one martini, you know. Mm. We, if we have to drink martinis, we're going to have to take a break, and I'm going to have to run upstairs and make another one. That's never happened before. No. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's never happened before. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I think we should, first of all, just spend a little bit of time celebrating, mm. you know, because, I mean, it's only once a year that you celebrate your birthday. Yeah. You know what was interesting is I, my phone now with this update on my phone, um, it does a scrolling of like memory pictures. Yeah. And it's not necessarily associated with the date, so um, so I'm not sure how it picks them, but it pulled up a couple of pictures from August of 2018, and it was I had um, documented by photos what was going on with my eye after mm, the craniotomy right, right right and trying to see if we could get my left eye if it was moving anymore because I had double vision so it was just kind of in a fixed position right and so we were doing all this work to try and get that eye to move again and uh so what came up in my on my phone today were some of those pictures of the progress mm. and it just kind of struck me in light of it being my birthday tomorrow, that one, wow, Jess, you've been through a lot. And second, just realizing in that moment that those pictures were taken, I wasn't sure if I would ever see normal again. Like, that was kind of a scary time. And I was Mm -hmm. working so hard to, you know, to rehab it and trying yeah. to get back in. So I don't know. It was just, I don't know, another one of those, you're freaking Wonder Woman, Jess, moments. Yeah. And you're back to almost 100%. Yeah. And I only say almost because you still have some of the, you know, pupil dilation stuff. and you Yeah, know. and I still have double vision in um, two areas. So in my, I, it doesn't look like that's going to change. But, yeah. But, but I have to move, you know, I've for learned how to. For all practical okay. purposes. Yeah. You're, <clears throat> I mean, you're back to normal. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, not, I mean, there's not everywhere. I mean, there's mm-hmm. complications that have, you know, um, that you have been discovering, you yeah. know, since that, that were kind of they're completely, you know, complications that you weren't anticipating at all that you've been learning more about right. and that kind of stuff. But, but pretty, pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. That you made the recovery that you did. Yeah. 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 So those pics coming up were just, just a reminder yeah. that yeah. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Um, and you know, 
I work hard to to try to make your your birthday special every year, because <laughs> like you said, we're just around the corner from our anniversary too, mm-hmm. and obviously our anniversary is a big deal to celebrate yeah. too. You know, so we we like to make a point of you know separating those you know, out well, and celebrating them. Valentine's Day squeezed in between. Yeah, which I mean, we've kind of I think we've talked about this before too, yeah. but we've we've kind of you know, given Valentine's day to the girls and now this year, Asher. Yeah. Um, because, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it doesn't, Valentine's day doesn't hold the same thing for us as, you know, our anniversary, yeah. As our anniversary or your birthday. So, right. But I did come up with my own term (laughs) for this month. though. (laughs) I know. I'm actually pretty fortunate because you just can't forget. Like it's impossible to forget any of these important things. Yeah. (laughs) Because if I forget all three, oh, well, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but I would have to. And so it's it's like I either forget all three or I remember everything. There's no just forgetting one. Do you you have a little bit of anxiety when we come close to February? No, I love it. Oh, I really do. I really do love it. Um, But it's a but I, I am. I, I do play my martyr card whenever I'm talking to other dudes, though. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So I play it up like it's a mm, February. I mean, there's Jess's birthday on the 7th. There's Valentine's Day on the 14th or anniversary on the 17th. I mean, this is a busy month for me, yeah. you know. So that's my martyr card. And all the, <laughs> and the dudes are all like, mm, yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> either, either they feel for you or they're like, Dang, how'd you manage that right. one, like, score? <laughs> right. So early on, I really did try to do, like, one big thing that covered yeah. all three. Yeah. And then I would call it Birth of Versentine's Day. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which I'm pretty proud of. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and, and then there was one point when I was talking to you. And you were just kind of mentioning kind of sideways. You weren't like saying something to me. You were just kind of mentioning sideways <laughs> that it'd be nice to to be able to celebrate, you know, just your birthday. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because that's your day. Yeah. And not to be, you know, melded into our day. And then I was like, oh, shit, I really have been doing that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's kind of so, like the Christmas Eve birthday yeah, you know, scenario yeah. for some people. So, so since then. I mean, I think I do. I mean, I here's here's where I'm looking for kudos from you. (laughs) Don't I do a wonderful job of celebrating your day separately? (laughs) Um, No, but I do. It's it's like I want to I want to really make them, you know, distinct and and celebrate them, you know, distinctly apart from each other and that sort of thing. So and then you've you've always um, taken uh, special care of the girls on Valentine's Day and um you know, when they were living at home and, you know, growing up, there was either a stuffed animal or something left in the bathroom for when they were getting ready, you know, like on the counter. And, um, you just made it really special for them. So it, um, it actually doesn't feel like, it really doesn't feel like a day about us and nor do I need it to. Um, and I, I think I'll, I think I'll always do that, Yeah. but I have to admit it, it feels different this year. Yeah. Yeah. And it like it's like something is shifting this year. And it I think part of it is, is that, you know, Kaylee and Dylan are 
you know, they've been together for quite a while now. Yeah. You know, they're they're very Pass established. The torch to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a bit of that. Yeah. Um, Sydney with Asher now. You know, yeah. they're both the girls are. I get Asher this year. I yeah. get my own little Valentine. <laughs> but both the girls have crossed that year 20 mark, you know, you know, yeah. um, that sort of thing. And it's just a little different. Um, and so, I mean, we were kind of talking about that in the grocery store today. Yeah. As I was looking around at stuff and I was like, yeah, I just think I want to do something different this year. Yeah. So, but I think so I haven't quite figured that out, but I've got this week. Yeah. I'll figure it out this week. Yeah. So, but okay. So the other thing, oh, before we go any further, just listen for a second. No mic popping. You don't hear any popping from my mic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I picked up another mic. Yeah. So, got a good deal on it. Yeah. And it's, and this is the first time I've used it. I should have tested it before we came in here. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but it seems to be working wonderfully. Yeah. So, because that was driving me nuts. But, yeah. And then the other thing, well, you know what? Nobody cares about this. I was going to talk about my woes of trying to get it all hooked up. No, you know, nobody cares. Nobody cares. But I do, just between you and me right now, I do remember that our computers did a big update. Oh. And so that's why it was off now. That just okay. that just stuck to me. I'll have to remember. That just stuck to yeah. me. Just struck me is what I was looking for right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. We haven't even had much to have your drink No, yet. I'm not drunk. I'm just a nerd that, you know, <laughs> thinks about audio equipment and all that kind of stuff. It gets excited that my mic isn't bopping mm. anymore. Um, okay, so the other thing in our Birth of Versentine's Day month um, is that one of the things that we have made an annual tradition now for, yeah. Jesus, it's been how many years now? I don't know. Anyway, we can think about that. We can figure that out in a minute. But going to Cannon Beach for our anniversary. Yeah, it doesn't always We, we never go on, on our... Day. I would say we never go on our anniversary. It's always... After. Yeah. But about about four years ago, we did go on our anniversary. We renewed our wedding vows Oh, there. that's right. Yeah. But I don't think it's, I mean, obviously it hasn't worked out quite like that yeah. since. And sometimes we have a little bit more time out there than not. So we went, so. We went two years staying in that hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then yeah, right we the went, yeah. yeah, and then we've gone two years now. Yes. This in the trailer? Did we have the R-Pod that first? Um, I don't remember now. Yeah. I, I This will either be the second or third time we take it out. For this, yeah. For this trip. Yeah. So yeah. Um, last time may have been the first time we took it for that trip. I know we took it twice because we were traveling right. the Northwest. So this might be the third time case. That we're taking I'm thinking it feels like it's the third time. Yeah, because one time I was still working for Fleet Feet. Last year I was working for Dr. Ralph. This year I'm working for Dr. Ralph. So I know we went one time with the R Pod when we worked for okay. Fleet Feet. So. Yeah, because we've had it a few years now. Yeah. Um, but the other anniversary then that happens around that is uh, what? The anniversary of Sacred Spaces. Oh, yeah. Because. <laughs> Last year, when we, we went to yeah, Cannon Beach for our anniversary, was when we recorded our very first episode yeah, yeah, in yeah. the R-Pod. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Using one mic sitting between us. 
and yeah, we recorded. Did we even have a real mic, or were we yeah. using our headphones? I can't remember. No, we we used. We had one. We used one of the well, the one that's not working now. That's the one we okay. used, which is why we have to keep it forever now. Oh, yeah. We should like cast it in something. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is very special to me. Yeah. So now it's it's sitting on my shelf like a decoration. Mm. Um. And it, I don't ever want to get rid of it because yeah. it's what launches. And I, and I think we will be in this medium for a long time. I hope so. I really enjoy this with you. And yeah. I've really enjoyed um, allowing some of our uh, thoughts and conversation to, to move out from just between us. It's been an interesting process. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, I think that I think this will morph and it will grow, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I you know, because so. we've we've talked about because you just bought another mic and we're still <laughs> not making any money at this. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't I don't know that either one of us. I mean, we talk about that, but it's always in like joking, joking kind of yeah. terms. Neither one of us really give a shit about that. No, um, no. But uh, but I would I would like to move back to maybe once a week because I feel like I'm bottling up conversation waiting yeah, right? for this time. And, you know, whether we actually release it or what we do with it, I don't know. But I feel like yeah. um, I'm I'm avoiding having a few specific conversations with you um, because, oh, well, we should save that one for when we record. Yeah. and yeah. But um, so I would I think I would like to move to that. We talked about after we hit the one year mark, which will be our next episode, we would be recording in Cannon Beach, just like we did the first one. Yep. So we've talked about maybe making that season two. Um, I don't know. We'll play around with it. Yeah. That's the beauty of this is that we really could do whatever the fuck we want to with it. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> because it's just ours. Yeah. And so um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've had some we've had some really good conversations. Yeah. We've had some really fun conversations. We've had some really hard. deep conversations, <laughs> hard conversations. Yeah. We've had some conversations that have um you know caught some interest i'll say that. yeah for sure for sure <laughs> and other conversations that get no interest <laughs> you know? so you kind of figure that out as you're going yeah. you know and yeah, and again and all of that it, what we started this off to be is just you and i talk about all kinds of things all the time let's just record it and see yeah. what happens yeah you know so I, I thought it was funny. We uh, actually went to PSB last weekend. There was some sunshine. Oh, my God. Oh, it was glorious. And we sat out um, under one of the heaters, but, you know, coats and bundled and all of that. But we went with um, some friends of ours who are about as cautious as we are about COVID. Right. And so um, so when the weather is good and we can be outside, you know, we'll, we'll connect with them at PSB because we're neighbors and that's what you do is you go to the neighborhood yeah. pub, right? <laughs> That's right. So, um, or patio. I'm not sure what it is right now. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, it was funny because we were sitting there just kind of catching up. And and I looked and I, I just saw Joey nodding his head. And I'm like, 
We've already talked about this on a podcast, haven't we? <laughs> and you listened to it already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I realized, I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> okay, well, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's where, you know, the we, we always, I mean, we generally come in with some kind of topic and saying, like, that's what we should talk about on the podcast. And then there have definitely been times where we're like, we're just going to talk, mm-hmm. you know, cause there's just a lot going on and we're just going to, we're going to process together or, rant or, or, whatever. Rant. <laughs> yeah. or swear a, a lot, lot. <laughs> <laughs> or all of the above. Um, yeah. 2020 was quite a year. Right. Yeah. 2021 is still mm. to be determined yet. Um, right. we're still very new, although we're a solid month into it now at yeah. this point. So anyway, whatever. Um, that's not the point of where we were intended to go. We did talk about, um, yeah, we, we have been, uh, we've been reading a book together Yeah, and, and it's, and it has, I mean, we keep like sending texts back and forth to each other. I'm just like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I liken this book to, what we spent much of the spring and summer unraveling regarding white privilege mm-hmm. um, as as really not just you and I, I mean, as a community, um, we've taken the dive into understanding history differently, taking the veil right. off of right. white privilege and saying, what have we missed? Um, how can I see this differently? And realizing as you do that, you then can't unsee what you've seen. Yes, which is the great danger yeah. of opening your eyes. Right. <laughs> and But the process has um, piqued our curiosity to continue learning um, on a much broader social level, um, political, economic, religious, I mean, all of those things that come in. Because one of the things that we started to see very quickly in unraveling white privilege and anti-racism is that that it is not one avenue that you walk down and you say, um, you know, my family was raised this way, therefore we were raised in a racist home. And so that's where my racism comes from. It's that idea of something far more systemic, far more cultural, and how it touches every aspect of our ability to live here as Americans, right? Right. So um, you started a podcast called Lenses where you invited guests to have a conversation with you um, from a different lens than you held. So really allowing your worldview to be expanded, um, a room for empathy, understanding, education, like, I mean, right. it was just all right. of it, Right. And so um, when, when you do that, <laughs> you keep finding things that you were, um, I guess, unaware of or, um, or didn't necessarily know where things came from. And so you keep digging and you keep wanting to figure that out. Yes. And for me, um, the next piece, or it's been an ongoing piece but has been my faith upbringing. And 
I cannot interact with this political climate without facing my religious background. Yeah. Um, it's becoming more and more pretty impossible to do that because the questions come up, why am I sitting way over here when everybody that I grew up with in the same churches or whatever are way over there? Like, how did we get into two such vastly different ways of thinking or looking at all of this? So this book... um, was suggested to me um, after watching a little YouTube clip of the author, um, not as a, hey, this was a great book, you should read it. It was more, um, this might be a book to explore. I haven't read it yet. Um, it could be interesting. You know, The premise was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so for me... Um, uh, this this is the conversation that I keep needing to have. I keep um, actually. I had a, another life coach friend tell me, "You light up when you have this conversation." Yeah, yeah. And um, and I keep trying to move away from it because it's quite controversial, and it actually separates me from a lot of people I have known in my life. Well, I think one too. We've been we've kind of been known you know, much of our work has been within the faith community. Mm-hmm. And we were just wanting, we were wanting to be kind of known for something else. You know? Well, yeah, we were just um, like, can we just be the, the normal neighbor on the street? That yeah. It's n- that isn't my identity all the time. Yeah, right. Right. Is the, the my job. church attendance. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, so, but I keep coming back to this because it, because it is so deeply ingrained in how my worldview is formed. So, Uh, The book is called Jesus and John Wayne, How White Evangelicals Corrupted a Faith and Fractured a Nation. I mean, shit. I mean, that has my name all over it, right? For a number of reasons. Um, Yeah, because I can't stand John Wayne. (laughs) Because you grew up with John Wayne in your house constantly. Constantly. Oh my gosh, John Wayne and the Cowboys football. Like, that was... God, please. I, I can't do either one. Um, so when I saw this book, I was I was a little nervous. I'm like, okay, where are we going with this? Right, right. Um, but honestly, as um, I still have, I think, three chapters left. Um, it's a 12-hour audio read, audiobook read, which is long for an audiobook. Um, but I am powering through this thing faster than probably any book I've read. And, um, and it is... Um, it has all kinds of reactions uh, for myself in it. Yeah. Um, and it's it was done by, um, I mean, it's a, like a research book, so it's not necessarily. Who's a, the author again? I am going to butcher this name. Okay. Um, so I'll put it in the show notes. Her, her From what I can pronounce, Kristen Cobes Dumez, D-U-M-E-Z. Um, so I'll put it in the notes so people have that. But um It's, uh, she is a professor and researcher at, I think, Calvin University in 
Minnesota or Michigan. I can't actually remember. I really should have this in front of me. That This was one thing we talked about. Audiobook is the only way I can really do books right now. And yet um, to sit here and talk about this book or what, what I'm coming away with from this yeah. um, without having um, uh, an in-hand version. <laughs> I can't highlight. I can't read from it. Like it's So I don't have any of that information in front of me. But, um, but I do, uh, maybe I'll stick in the show notes, a YouTube clip link where she's interviewed and gives a synopsis of what the book was about and how they came to it, which I thought was very informative. Actually. I'm sure when they introduce her, they will say her name correctly. correctly. Too. Per- exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel terrible because you actually asked me what her name was. <laughs> well, I didn't, um, I didn't think it would be difficult to pronounce, but that is a, yeah, <laughs> you know. Okay, fine. We should have done a little research ahead of time. But no, I didn't expect to get this detail on it. But, yeah. um, but I explained this book to you as if I had um, a puzzle on the table without a box top. I don't know what that puzzle is going to look like. And I've got about um, maybe 40 to 50% of the puzzle done. And this book is sliding the other pieces into place. It is bringing yeah. a full puzzle together. And what's really cool is it's connecting some of the Ooh. fragmented chunks you had put together too. Right. That we had put together because we're, we're going through this together. Right. It's actually like connecting those chunks together too. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, they're mm-hmm. very connected. <laughs> well, she starts with, um, you know, it's it's a bit of a timeline book mm-hmm. in understanding American, it's a history. It's a, American yeah. evangelical Christianity. And so the next three chapters, you know, we're in the, I think, late 80s right You're now. You're a little ahead of me, but yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'm, no, we might be 90s now, but um, I know it's going to come full circle to present day or at least Trump mm-hmm. administration um, based on when it was released. So um, so in that timeline, understanding I had I'd spent time uh, in in high school and um, and right out of high school going through church history, like world church history and understanding how we got to kind of some of the leaders of the faith, theology, that sort of thing. but this is far more, cultural and specific to um, American evangelical Christianity history yeah, and how we got to present day. Right. And um, yeah, like I said, I'm having all kinds of reactions with this. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, me too. I mean, because there's some of this where I'm, um, I'm looking at it and I'm like, so much of this, like I, I kind of knew in a, in a certain way, like you kind of know it like a fog. Yeah. Like it's there, but well, it's a, it's a familiarity, right? Because I know all the characters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I told you there isn't a single name she has mentioned yet through this entire book Yeah, that I do not know that name, not as a, Oh, I think I've heard that name before, but as a formative name, yeah. To my um, religious understanding of who Jesus was and who uh, yes. the church was in America. Yeah. Um, up up till about the last 15 years in which you and I have been going through a major 
reconstruction of thought. In right. It. But yeah, it was it was incredibly formative up to that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I what I'm doing is as I'm listening to it, I just keep like as I'm listening, like just exclaiming out loud holy shit, you know? I know, I've heard you say that so many times, like you're walking around listening to it, and I'm like, what What part are you on? Yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's usually in reference to a quote, you know? Yeah, um, that's To where she me. quotes... The person the that person. she's talking about, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, they actually she fucking said, said that, that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and what's so wild, um, and and I think this is what's what's really hitting me right between the eyes right now is there, there's a lot of it where like what you're talking about, where I'm recognizing how formative that was in my own evangelicalism, my Mm -hmm. politics, Oh my gosh. The ways that I viewed, uh, church polity, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the ways that I I viewed our family, you know, other people, uh, all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, but there's also, as she starts talking about some of the, deliberate attempts from specifically like politicians to uh, to grab the evangelical vote to mm-hmm. create a base for themselves, um, which we know is full and very strong mm-hmm. today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Particularly starting with the Nixon administration or the Nixon election. Yeah, Nixon yeah. was like one, one of, of the, the first, first who really capitalized on that. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and looking today at, you know, some of the things that, that Trump has said and done, um, looking at, at like Marjorie, whoever, Green, mm-hmm. um, some of the things that she is doing right now specifically. And it's like, fuck me. That's the that is like textbook. Like they like they read the plan and said, well, this it worked for them. Let's do it for ourselves. And it's working again. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, holy shit. There's so many of those, those moments in there. And again, this is a research book. Now I, I will say this, there's tons of her opinion in it Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Um, which it's her takeaway on the research that she did. Yeah. So, so there are, you know, I know there are some who, you know, when you start, you know, when, when lots of opinion starts coming her, into it, you're yeah. kind of like, that's just your opinion, you know? But the thing that's really getting me about this book too, is just how fantastic um, and pointed her, her like, yeah, like the quotes are, like her <laughs> her her research is um, to put timelines to things. So this is who visited whom. This is what was being. This is what was said here, and just how this is what war was happening. This is yes, where, yeah. I mean, it was all it was of those kinds of things. It's like dots. it's you know now today's day and age, it can almost sound like we're being a little conspiratorial right here. It's not like that. It's it's no. all very out in the open kind of stuff. I mean, there's nothing subversive that's happening. They just figured out how to speak to a group of people that would respond. And, you know, again, starting with Nixon, right? Mm-hmm. And this merging of evangelicalism and right-wing conservative politics, uh, man, did was dating before Nixon... Mm-hmm. Full on got hitched with Nixon and has only become more and more established since then. Yeah. It has never broken since Nixon. No. And 
uh, in, in initially, it hadn't even really begun as a party specific as much as it was agenda specific. And what one of the tones that I took away from this was how um, fear driven um, these uh, pivotal evangelical leaders were, what they were afraid of um, would happen if they didn't move into the political arena. Right. And um, what they were trying to protect. Um, that was a, it, that was one of those pieces of the puzzle that came into me where I'm like, I'm sensing in my experience with everything that I had learned in the faith and who the leaders, modern day leaders are of the faith. Um, why did we get to purity culture? Why right. did we right. get to, um, you know, like Dobson's, you know, family focused um, ministry? What was the power of it being, uh, you know, this radio show? There were just a lot of things that, um, one, hearing quotes from Dobson just about floored me um, because I think the the take... I, I grew up with him being oh, a, a, like a respected voice. Absolutely. And, and I think that what really got me in this, one of my takeaways so far, and I haven't heard her conclusion yet, but is that what was I interested in hearing? Um, what was being um, palatable to the church um, mm-hmm. across the U.S.? And what was sitting behind that? And I told you that I walked away with two pretty intense um, feelings, and one of them was I feel really duped Mm. by people that I put an incredible Mm. amount of faith into growing up. Um, Not like I put faith into Jesus, not like I put faith into other other things, you know, surrounding that, to my doctrines and theologies. But I did put faith in that when they spoke, there was, they were coming from this backing of Jesus. They were coming from this backing as scriptural teaching. And so there was this part of me that felt duped. And then the other part of me that felt incredibly responsible Mm. for turning around as an adult and continuing this conversation and cycle again, not only into my own family, but into, you know, the church ministries that we worked with. And then my third takeaway was I, if I had trusted myself like I do now, I would see it. Mm. I would have seen it because there were like these shadow hints all along where I'd go, I'm just a rebellious pastor's wife. (laughs) I'm just, um, I've got to get this part of me checked in. I am not holy enough for this position or this role like these every time i had a doubt that is that is the conversation that would come up so i realized i it's like you know things but you don't know you don't necessarily have words or you don't have backing for it but i i told you the other day i said this this um being 
uh, raised, and I'm not saying this necessarily towards my parents, I'm saying it towards the Christian evangelical movement of the U.S., I was raised to have someone else decide what my worldview was Mm. and what my view of myself was. And they were probably even more prominent, those two avenues, than even the view I had of Jesus. And when I started to make that shift, um, you know, years ago with you, what does Jesus actually say about this? What does Jesus seem to have thought about this? What did he do at this time? What was he saying? When I really started to pay more attention to what Jesus' worldview was, um, this stuff started to break down. So in reading this book, it was like, that's why, that's why, that's why, that's why. Um, Because the programming, the model, is fear-based, and it is driven by power, money, and patriarchal protection. Yeah. When When you talk about that you were told what to believe that's you're you're not just talking like like you know you're told what to believe like you you should believe these things like we were literally told what to believe and if you don't believe these things you're not one of us yeah every I mean, every relationship in our life was dependent on buying into what it is we were being taught let, let's take the most basic thing like, you know, the creation story in Genesis. If you don't take it for exactly what it is, like what it says that it is, like literal, mm-hmm. then you're not really a Christian. Now, what we're coming to learn <laughs> is that had far less to do with being a Christian and everything to do with being an evangelical Christian. Right. <laughs> right. We're learning there's a vast difference there. And we're still, we're, we're just now, this late in life, you know, beginning to explore that. Um, but that kind of um, absolution, you know, that, uh, or that kind of absolute, absolution was the wrong word, um, also went to so many other areas of our life. Um, and so like what you're saying, you know, well, that they're the, the woman's place (laughs) in society, the woman's place in the church, the woman's place in her home, in her Mm -hmm. family, the woman's place in the marriage. Those were all things that were handed to you to believe or else you were not a true Christian. Yeah. Um, in your politics, this is who we vote for, for these reasons. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there were, there were guides that are put out every year yeah. at the election that says, this is, this is the Christian's guide to voting. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Christian, you just go down this guide and you vote for who they tell you to. Yeah. Um, uh, like literally every area of our lives, whether you should work whether you, sh- how you should raise your, your children, how, I mean, all of it. Well, um, we, we had this conversation about, uh, it's probably like chapter three in the book, but it, it goes more specifically into the patriarchal, um, agenda 
of the evangelical church and specifically how that affected um, women and the roles of women. And you and I remember having conversations not only with each other, but with other students. And I just, I cringe. Cringe. At this. Cringe. Yeah. So for anyone we have ever said that to, I am so sorry. Right. Um, that when, when searching for a girl's life purpose, that if the purpose is to be married, support the husband as a leader of the home and raise their family, then why go to college? Why would you waste the money to go? Right. And it really struck me. Obviously, we had moved away from that thinking quite some time ago, but hearing it, um, kind of laying out those uh, those gender roles in in the book, um, I just I just realized how deeply hurtful the evangelical church has been to the heart and spirit of woman. Right. And probably about that time is when I came up with the title for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's my birthday and I can think if I want Mm. to. And I remember growing up thinking, I want to have the the hard conversations about theology and doctrine. I didn't want to be in the the women's circles. I wanted to be in the men's circles because they were the ones talking theology. The women were talking more application. And I wanted to understand something different. Right. Um, so I, I applaud myself for never truly moving away from that, that there is still a spirit of who I am that was weaved even in all of those years at the same time, how much I sunk into, um, the ideology of evangelical Christian, um, American Christian church, um, saddens me deeply. Okay, we took an unscheduled break there, so <laughs> nobody will really notice, but but we did. We took a break. Yeah, somebody, you know, needed a potty break. <laughs> and I figured since we're just warming up, I should go get another drink. <laughs> I was going to say second drink. Yeah, no, I'm good with good without a second one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, something I was thinking about while on our break there um, is that, you know, you, you, you talked about you know, what this did to women, mm-hmm. the damage, the harm that it, it did and does to women. Yeah. Um, and 100% yes. Um, but it damaged me but, too. Yeah. And I would even say equally. Yeah. Oh, I agree. You know, different ways. Right. Right. Because I think it, it was, um, I think you had to deny a part of yourself, of your humanity, yeah, in order to go down that road. Yeah, um, but but self denial is what evangelical Christianity is about, right? So right. It, it made sense to do that. And and all of the shit that is like runs rampant in the evangelical church. All the 
hidden sins, mm-hmm. right? All of the closeted things of, oh you know, gosh, yeah. and we haven't even started, we haven't even talked, we've talked about this, but we, we, or we're talking about wanting to go here, but we haven't even gone into like the whole purity movement and all that, yeah. which, which she covers in the book too. Right. Um, but uh, all that kind of just, you know, so much of like the secret despicable things about white Christian males in particular, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's all because of this. Yeah. It's because we were handed these sets of beliefs and that were misogynistic and, um, and patriarchal and that we had to hold these positions and that we had to, you know, we were responsible for, you know, being in charge of women, you know, really, you know, um, even to the point of mm-hmm. hearing preachers talk about how we're responsible for whether or not our wives make it to fucking heaven. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, and not like exaggerating on that. Like actually you've heard preachers preach that before, you know? Yeah. Um, that's damaging to the soul, to the human soul. That's yeah. damaging to, to your humanity. Like we talked about. Right. Um, and, you know, and I, I feel like this, uh, like this thing inside of me right now to be like, it, it's not as bad as what we did to women. And it's not, you know, and, and trying to like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just, I'm going to make myself not do that right now. Yeah. No, I, I walked away from it feeling very strongly that um, what men were left with was shouldering power all the time. Um, that that power, uh, position, leadership, um, what a, what a heavy burden to carry. Um, I remember times in our marriage and trying to understand these, these roles, these Christian roles where there were times where I stepped back and took a deep breath and said, well, if he's the leader of the home and he's responsible for how this turns out, then here, I'll just brush my hands off and step back and let's see what happens. Yeah. And and it wasn't necessarily in a so much of a rebellious way as much as like at some point um we were both trying to make the other person uh be something. I needed you based on this ideology. I needed you to lead and to lead correctly. And you needed me to follow. And I needed you to let me lead. Yeah. That's what I needed. Because I wasn't the kind of person that would whip you into line, you know. Right. Of course not physically, but not even figuratively. No, 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 no. You you, you were very different in that way. But I felt like I needed that position though. Yeah. And so well, you needed it within the church. And then when you became a pastor, you know, you every job interview you had for a pastoral position was not based on what you understood or knew or even believed about the Bible. It was based on evaluating our marriage, evaluating your fatherhood and your leadership to your family, and whether or not you were going to then be an effective leader. So all of us, the girls and I, were on trial for this job. And, and so what, 
what are we left with but to put you know the best effort forward sincerely i mean like it's it wasn't like a show it was we broke ourselves right. trying to live right. up to something yeah it was um you know, going through this book and and just identifying with so much and just and just like that that bell being rung over and over and over and over again of mm, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes so much sense now. Oh, that's why. Oh, mm-hmm. you know that just like over and over and over again. But this book is actually really timely for you and I. Mm-hmm. because we have been talking about this for a while. What yeah. this book is doing, it's not necessarily giving us new information. It's it's giving us the basis for what we have already like, known. Yeah, like this thing that we've been coming to, like this, like, man, we just, we know that this is what's going on. We can, I mean, we can even name some of these things and talk about some of these things. Yeah. But this, this even, book She even is talks like, about the your quiver full um, ideology, right. like this wave that went through the church about right. having your quiver full. And I was so like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. it took me, I could find those moments in my life throughout her timeline of right. where this directly affected me and right. how I was a part of it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it has been very timely for us, just really reinforcing with us that um that that this is that these are things that we want to be mm-hmm. speaking out about more and more so mm-hmm. and that that we're actually poised to be in in a position just yeah. like we talked about last podcast um for a number of reasons where we're poised to be in a position to help others work through this bullshit. Right. Um, and, and to help, help them come out to the other side of it right. through recognizing and putting their finger on really these packets of belief systems that have just been handed. Mm-hmm. And so, and in, and in, and in my view, when you are just handed this packet of belief systems like that, and, and you don't understand that that's what it is, right? You're, you're told that, um, that it's something different, right? Then, um, or for a different purpose even, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, and you just start, and you just start stacking these things away and it builds this base of, uh, this foundational base of all the rest of your belief system. And everything is, you know, is tied together within these packets of belief systems that you've been handed since you were in Sunday school for fuck's sake, which, which is what indoctrination is. Yes. Right. Um, then, you know, when you start to recognize these as such, then you can actually start opening these packets up Mm -hmm. and going, what the fuck is this? You know, this is, (laughs) this is, this is some fucked up shit right here. You know, yeah, but but that's within the packet you were handed, right? Yeah. And so, so when you're able to start doing that, then all of a sudden you're you're able to start like pulling it apart and 
and then going, okay, I don't have to just take this. I don't have to just hold on to this. I don't have to, I don't have to claim this as my own. This doesn't have to be me. Yeah. It, it struck me at one moment I told you, um, probably yesterday, I said, what I'm blown away by is that I still struggle with these things. Mm -hmm. The, the way that I view myself in light of, um, men in my community in light of my faith and a lot Mm -hmm. of, a lot of structures. Mm -hmm. Right. And I said, why I've come so far. How come I'm still like, I have to actually walk myself through this. I have to actually think through this. And you reminded me that the only way I saw the world was through this ideology. This was my, from the youngest formation, this was my worldview. Right. And so, and thus, it was my view of myself. Right. So un- undoing that after, okay, it's going to be 47 years tomorrow. Um, oh, <laughs> you didn't have to do that. It's okay. Um, un- I love uh, your 47 years. <laughs> undoing that um, takes choice. So we may not have had a say in what our worldview um, what we were educated to have our worldview be from the beginning. But we do have a choice in what we do with that and whether we grow from it. And 100%. So that, that is what has led us to rethink. So there's this, there's this idea that you, not an idea, a definition you and I have come back to. I would say probably... Probably since, I don't know if it was when we worked in California or when we worked in Donnelly with Brian, but that the definition of repentance, we were really struggling to um, to grab how the church was using this word um, with people. And the definition of the word was to rethink how we've been thinking. And we'd been taught that repentance was about um, admitting we were wrong and asking for forgiveness, which are two very different things. And doing a 180 and walking right, away from, from that it. and yeah. you know, all those kinds of things. Right. And so you and I had chosen to embrace this idea in light of how Jesus spoke, that when he would say repent, um, he was in, in reference to you've been saying this, but I say this. So rethink how you've been thinking was exactly what he was saying. And so we've, we've kind of moved into that category for years now. And so when we thought about creating space for other people to continue that process of repentance, daily repentance, um, this is where we landed. And so last weekend and two weekends ago, I don't know how long it's been since we were up at the oh, two lake. Weekend. Yeah, the weekend before last. Um, we we decided that we were going to create. It's in the creation process, but and and launch um, a an opportunity for people to rethink. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've called it rethink. Um, it's at I rethink it. I rethink it dot com, and um, our goal is to create. Um, courses and um, 
blogs and community and safe space for people to be able to rethink how they've been thinking. And in an environment that we live in here in America where everything is so polarized, it's either this or it's that. Right. We know that that's not how the answers actually land. That sometimes it's both, sometimes it's neither, and it's something completely other. And so our hope was to create a space where the wor- the the question what if was a go-to question in how we unpack um, worldview. Um, maybe that's uh, evangelicalism. Um, maybe it's gender roles. Maybe it's um, our politics. Maybe it's family structures. I mean, there's just there's so many places we can go with that right. to provide space right. to rethink it um, and to find a space where it aligns with who you are um, because that's that's kind of our story. So it made sense to do something along that line. Yeah, it, and it's fundamentally about rethinking also Mm -hmm. it's not about replacing no and that's one of the things that that you and i have been very um intentional about in all of the the conversations we've had um around this um deconstruction new thing that we're wanting to launch oh oh, oh, is that yeah is that we're not interested in just handing you another box oh gosh hey you, you should stop thinking that way and you should start thinking this way mm-hmm. instead. What we are passionate about is guiding people into the rethinking process and then coaching you along the way, guiding you along the way to discover your own belief systems, yeah. whatever they may be. Yeah. And we really don't care. Because we just really believe that belief systems that you um, that you work for and that you come to on your own um, and you develop on your own are um, belief systems that will not be in conflict with who you are. Right. And and that's the thing with like this deeply Americanized evangelical Christianity today is it is in conflict with so much of who so many are mm-hmm. that, I mean, just over and over and over again, people struggling with the conflict of this just, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And then the evangelical response to that is, well, it ain't about your feelings. Get in line. John Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, we we want to challenge the systems that have been built up and handed out um, as this is, you know, welcome to Christianity. Here's your here's your belief system now. Mm -hmm. Um, And your job is to commit it to memory. Right. Mm -hmm. Your job. That's what your job is, is to is to learn as much as you can about your new belief systems 
as opposed to, um, okay, you, you're on this journey of discovery Mm -hmm. that is, that is deeply grounded in this world that we're in, that's deeply grounded in communities that you're going to involve in, deeply grounded in the relationships that you're going to have, deeply grounded in how you conduct yourself, you know, um, and, and also deeply grounded in that spiritual realm to which we can't quite put our finger on, mm-hmm. right? Um, or maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Right? Um, but, but all of those spheres, um, that these are journeys that mm-hmm. we are on to discovering the truth about ourselves within the, the truths that we discover about how things operate, how right. things are out there. Right. Um, well, for you and I, some of it has been strictly social programming, um, structure, um, you know, the, the context of how the evangelical church works and what the pressures and influences are. Other things truly are about our, our beliefs, our theology, and our um, what we choose to... Right. Um, let go of and take with us in terms of what we believe about God. So there's definitely both things that exist for you and I. It may not be that way for everyone, but as we have chosen to uh, allow everything to unravel um, and let it, let it find its um, place again, um, some of the theology that we were raised with has to go to. And one of the things that I noticed about Jesus in the conversations that he had was that he was about if he is was about what he said he was, which was this daily repentance, rethinking how you've been thinking. Then our interaction as a, as humans with divine likely looks more like evolution than saviorism, and that's a big theology shift for me. I won't speak for you um, in how I view the divine. Um, we want to provide space where both can happen, where if the theology needs to be um, unraveled a bit, um, then we can do that. But it isn't always about that. A lot of it is just about understanding what part of this is social programming or uh, um, structural by the evangelical Christian movement. You and I had a conversation recently with a friend of ours who was not part of evangelical Christianity, but would call, them, would call themselves a Christian. Um, I think it was might have been Methodist was the faith background, where she was raised understanding her faith as about justice issues and serving the, your neighbor. Um, we would have said that that was an undertone of what it was about for us, but it was really much different than that. Mm -hmm. And so some of the things that we have discussed with her that we experienced in evangelical Christianity was not her experience at all. And that she doesn't hold trauma or experience around those things in the way that you and I do. So we understand that, that this is very specific to the evangelical Christian movement that you and I reference. It's not necessarily all of, um, Jesus or God followers. Um, but for us, we, we are personally stepping away from that evangelical movement because we believe 
that um, it is hurtful and harmful. Um, I don't necessarily believe that about God. I don't believe that about Jesus. But I am allowing a new understanding of who the divine is. But it has to come out of that um, previous worldview, that previous structure, in order for me to find it. Hmm. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I walked away from this experience, um, particularly in this book, just giving myself immense permission to think and that it was okay if my thought was even different than you, that it was different than how I'd been raised that it might even differ from something that I was told God said, but that I have it in me to think. And it's a, it's a powerful exploration that I really enjoy. Mm. I enjoy the process of learning and asking the question, what if this, what if this there's something outside this box that I don't know about. Yeah. Do you remember that M. Night Shalom movie? I'm Shyamalan. I can never say Shyamalan. his name. Um, I don't remember the name of the movie, but they lived in this village and there were monsters that oh, they yes. were afraid of. Yeah. And when they had to... The village, I think is what it's, it was called. Oh, yeah, there it is. The village. And at I one think that's po- it. Yeah. And at one point, uh, they had to send a few people out. And what they learned was that there was this whole world city modern day thing that existed on the other side of this fence and that their village um, was their worldview. And there was something much bigger, much busier, all kinds of complicated things to understand and learn that existed outside of that box. That's how I see this, is that that I've understood it in terms of this one village. And I think there's something much bigger, much grander, um, that I've been very limited by my understanding and experience with the divine. Yeah. So I look forward to a more expansive yeah. um, future. Yeah. Okay, another pop culture reference that fits within that, too. Hmm. The unforgettable... Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go to the comedic side and I'm going <laughs> right. to go to the very serious haunting right. side. Of course, because that's how we are. <laughs> but uh, yeah. also developed a worldview in an underground bunker yeah. that the world had ended and came out finding out the world has continued on just fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you and I were watching... Um, uh, a documentary on QAnon mm-hmm. and uh, from some recent um, people who have left QAnon yeah. and um, things that they were told, things that they believed, um, ideology that they held. And you and I looked at each other and said, those are the same things that we learned to say. That, that it, it, QAnon absolutely has a foundational Christian. anchor yeah. in, uh, in evangelical Christianity. Well, Absolutely does. And then 
and then to step back and go, well, how did we get to the capital right. the way that we did? Well, it, it just all makes sense. It was it was in the works from a long time ago right. to it's land there building. that day. It's been so, building. Um, yeah. So I think really it's really important for us to actually know what we believe instead right. of hearing these stories of people stepping back going, I had no idea what I what I bought into and that it would land us here. Yeah. Well, you know, you should. Yeah. It is time to learn how to think. It's time to open your eyes, but it's a, but it's a scary thing to open your it eyes. Is. And 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 it's also important to what you open your eyes to. Yeah. You know, because like the whole QAnon, you know, uh slide. Yeah. <laughs> is an opening of eyes also. Um it's just, it's a focusing on, um, on, on the fantasy, on a fantasy world as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, yeah, which I, I guess you could, anyway, I'm kind of, oh, that metaphor I, I is know. getting lost there. So I'm going to, I'm going to drop it, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. We'll probably lose people over this episode. I expect that we will. I expect that we will make people angry, especially our QAnon relatives, um, or evangelical, um, relatives or friends. Right. Um, I'm not asking anybody to um, ride the train that we're riding, but I, I do want to offer opportunity for people to say, it's okay to ask the questions. Uh, That's that what call we're doing. A heretic. And yeah. We're not, we're not saying you should come with us, but we are saying if this is where you're going, we can be a part of your conversation. Yeah. Well, and yeah, if there's we've, any desire, we've been on this road for a period of time. We can, we can offer some things. And if there's any part of your journey that is about unraveling and understanding how we got to the Capitol steps, how we got to QAnon, how we got to President Trump, how the church got politically where it landed, and how, where you fit in all of that, I think this book is really helpful to understand that. Right. Um, and I think she's going to make that conclusion as to how it got us to that moment. Right. Um, right. But if for nothing else, whether you walk away agreeing with it or not, um, you can't unsee what you've seen after reading this book. Right. You will have to look at things differently. Right. So there you go. So it's your birthday. It's my birthday. And so I can, can think, think if, if I want, want to. to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, happy birthday to you. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) All right. We'll see you, everybody.